hello. We are here for episode six of the Other Side of the Rail podcast. My name's Kelsey. I'm here with my buddy Keith again. Hello, Kelsey. Good day. How are you doing? I'm happy to be back on a Sunday. We're actually doing it on a Sunday. We've missed two Sundays in a row for a Monday podcast. Yeah, so. we've been more into, into the Mondays, but to, today is July 4th. It is. It happy is... July 4th, our yeah. American big brother, little brother. A couple days after Canada Day. How did uh, you feel about Canada Day this year? Canada Day was pretty uneventful. I mean, we were busy at the bar. We were open all days. We kind of got rained out two of the last four days. And this the weather week was wild really... with rain corresponded with what we wanted to do but we've made the best of it and people are still coming out enjoying drinks on the patio and the nice weather so it's 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 been great to be back open and yeah. and seeing people Doug again. Ford works hard and shutting us down but mother nature works a little bit harder that's right um, <laughs> so and so they could be coinciding with one another at this point I don't direct energy we weapons we're not sure you never know you never know what the you never know these days but today um so this is our episode six yes and uh, we actually have something really exciting. Keith and I have been kind of like bouncing with anticipation all week about this. Yeah, and I, we both, I know we both kind of delved into into the side of what we're going to talk about today and did a bunch of research set this week. And it was super fun for me because I've, me too. like I say, this is one of my rabbit holes I've always gone down, but to really Same. sit and do a whole bunch of research has been great. And, and we got uh, our guest in today, Ryan Weston, who I've, I've known, I don't know how long I've known Ryan now. I met Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Hey, hey Ryan. Uh, I met Ryan a few years ago, and then uh, just so happened I bumped into him this spring in lockdown, and he was, I don't know, doing some paperwork or doing some uh, weekly budgeting at the law office or the accounting office right next to the bar here. Is that what you do? You, no. no, he owns a painting company. So I just bumped into him and said, Ryan. He's like, oh, yeah, and I'm looking for staff. And I'm like, well, hey, I'll, I'll come work. Are we work. three painters right now? Yes, three we're three painters. painters. Oh my yeah, uh, so I bumped into Ryan and I'm like, hey, man, you know what? We're kind of locked down and I'm looking for something to do. I've done a lot of painting before. So if you need someone, you know, never hesitate to like reach out. I think I gave Ryan my number. And... The bastard called me the next day. <laughs> hey, like, yeah, so, so were you just fucking like... with me yesterday, or would you like to paint? And I'm actually, I'm like, yeah. And I think it was probably the next day he called, and I, I met him at his place, and we went out to this big property and uh, got there. And I kind of haven't done it for a while. And he's like, here's a brush, go up and cut that line on like a multi-million dollar cottage with white and blue. And he's like, make a straight line. I'm like. Oh, wow. He's just fucking throwing me right into it here. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've been working with you now for like, what, eight months or something? Yeah, it would have been yeah. uh, September, I think. Yeah, it would have been September. And uh, and Ryan's been a great friend. He's a great boss. And we got a great crew. And uh, I, I have a lot of fun going to work and, and working for him at Weston's Painting. Are you an OG local? No. No, oh. he's in Port, too. Years ago. Yeah. Where are you originally from? I lived in a place called Hall Landing. Uh, close to Newmarket. Okay. Nice. Okay. Um, okay. I've been coming up here since I was seventeen. Yeah, one of my good friends has lived up here for years. That mm -hmm. uh, shipped out of Hall Landing and moved up here, and nice. so I just kept coming up. And then eventually, uh, the opportunity arose where I was able to move up here, and uh, so I did. Nice. And no family ties up here, just your buddy, and you started coming up That's and it. falling in love with the area. And the next thing you know, he's got a house and a and a business and a you know. It's not hard to fall in love with. And a child, and a ha and, and he's yeah, off in his family, and he's off and running. Oh. True Muskokan now, and yeah. by the crew that we have, we're we're like it's a Muskokan crew for sure. Oh, yeah. oh I've heard. I've oh, heard yeah. all We've had some great mornings where we just come in and start yeah. the day off with. So Conrad oh, works with you as well. Yeah, right? Conrad works with us. Travis, Jeff. We love Conrad. 
Rob. Rob. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's us. That's yeah. the crew. Yeah, I've heard many stories about your crew. <laughs> yeah, these stories are not really like, you know, for the general public. But no. they, it is, I mean, eight hours sometimes goes by like it's two. And we, we have great camaraderie. Everyone's everyone's hardworking. Everyone's on the same page. And, and they all do a great job. And we all have an absurd amount of laughter in between. <laughs> Mostly at one person or another person or... It's usually like we usually blast each other Who's all day. Who's the butt of the joke today? You, I mean, Travis usually is. He brings it upon himself. I mean, Travis is just a great guy who just he just brings it. He's upon a bro, himself. isn't he? He's a yeah, he's a bro. Yeah, all right, I've yeah. heard about. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Travis is fantastic. <laughs> Moving on from some of that, like today we wanted to have Ryan in. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, Keith had told me he's like, "Yo, I have a buddy who I work for who's super into ancient civilizations," and I just kind of was like, "We need him." Yeah, and this was nothing I even knew about. It was just kind of, we, you know, we started, we were working far enough outside of town where it was just more feasible that we all carpooled, mm -hmm. obviously with our masks on because we wouldn't carpool without them. Sure, um, sure, sure. So we would okay. carpool out to work. And uh, these conversations just kept coming up every morning, uh, different conversations and d different topics. and you Stimulating know, Conrad, conversations to have All the way in. Work. And, you know, Conrad's, yeah, Conrad's a, a young guy and he's right into it too. And I mean, yeah. you know, most of the time we, we drive to work, it's half hour, 40 minutes sometimes. The radio's not on, nothing's on, and we're having these in-depth conversations about uh, about life and all these other things. And I'm it. like, wow, Ryan would be the guy because, you know, I went, gone to his house and helped do some work at his place, mm -hmm. and there's just books upon books on, on this. And I know you and I have wanted to touch on ancient civilizations well, for a while. you and I talk about this in our own conversations. Well, this is kind of where we started our conversations yes. on, which is a weird, awkward thing. It wasn't about, uh, you know too hot to handle episode it was more about uh, it was, we weren't updating each other on the new love island um no shit. no we were and that was the thing i loved about Egypt. going to work with ryan too and that's where i really got into it is because we we're having these intellectual conversations on the way to you know fill your nine to five day and yeah. and and do the things you have to do to create money to feed your family mm -hmm. but we're doing it in a way where all these conversations will come out daily and at lunch break or break in the morning or just when you're on a ladder you know you're sitting there talking about these things yeah. that um hey, hey you know about the sumerians man? yeah just uh, yeah <laughs> yeah great. and it's, it is fantastic so, so what got you into all of this stuff ryan like tell us about like your involvement into getting into some of this knowledge or expanding your mind. Yeah, it's not interests. for everyone, right? No, no, it's no, not no. for everyone. Well, I guess we really want to go back and start. I, I got into yoga back in my very early thirties, and then yeah. started opening my mind there. And, and uh, time passed, whatever, in and out of it. I just happened to be watching YouTube one day and um, came upon this video called "The Revelations of the Pyramids," and that mm. was a crazy documentary about the pyramids how it's built around the golden ratio and yeah. pi and the, the procession of the earth and just intense mathematics it, it seems like geometry. yeah intense mathematics and geometry and that just got me right there i was like okay so i've been told in school for all these years right it was built the pyramids were built by basically people who just came out of the hunter gatherer stage into the stone age using stone hammers and copper chisels and using <laughs> right. you know stones to polish this granite so it shines sure it just it, and that's what we were taught right and then so i had to just dig deeper i was like this well it's been a question that even in public school as a young person you're like we don't know we don't know how these things were necessarily built and it's just like a question or a topic of conversation that just gets glossed over yeah, exactly. even yeah. in 
elementary public school like pyramids these great monuments we're not necessarily sure how they're built but then after that same question or topic of conversation you're like but we derive from uh, this massive evolution of neanderthals to hunter gatherers to our civilization today it's like okay but we can't even build anything that looks nicer than a fucking um 20 story high rise yeah and and i'm sure that documentary is what what kind of opened your mind to thinking hey let's let's dive a little deeper let's dive a little deeper into this so that that video that brought you into that was just the beginning of the rabbit hole it's been a very very deep deep rabbit hole and it just keeps expanding from you know from few one years? thing to another and it's been 3 years probably now since I, I really started getting into it right yeah. i've read well over 100 books on different subjects just in these last few years and it's it's been mind opening and mind that's education it's been, right it's made me question you know our our reality what we live in and it's uh, i'm still i just can't wait to keep going and, uh, and finding finding more, more and more, more stuff out, and I think that's too is is one of those things. And and you know, Ryan is not a left wing or a right wing type of guy, and and we we all have our beliefs. So it, it's just about. And you and I were talking about this at lunch. It's about researching and gaining knowledge into these things, yeah, and, and, and going in with an open an open mind and, I don't and finding think one thing. Life that, is to be lit lived by just um having money gaining those uh life achievements through buying the home or no no no, no. getting your degree buying the home getting married having kids and then work sleep eat repeat die like i don't think that's what it is because there's a plethora of knowledge at our hands that we're not necessarily encouraged to dig deep into but once you dive deep you're like Reality is not what I think. It Even is. the archaeologists are not allowed to dig too deep. They're not. They aren't. There's a certain layer they can get to, and Graham that's it. Hancock that's the one thing. Yeah, that's the one thing shit. that I, when I, going down these things and, and learning about ancient Egypt and these civilizations, and I know Kelsey and I touched about it. I, I don't believe that any of these things were the end of anything. I, I think it was a continuation of the beginning of something they learned from before and i think we're starting to find this out more and more right i think i'd have to agree with that yeah i think it's a it's a thing where um you know and and going into the dating of these things and the carbon dating and i know that it doesn't fit the narrative of of what we're starting to learn well all you can carbon date is pottery right right and bones that they find so you can't carbon date stone yet right one day maybe we'll have the technology to be able to do that yeah until then we're stuck with pottery shards and we're stuck with Human remains, right? And whatever right. other remains are yeah. found, and, and giant remains. They <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, there's a museum in Mexico that has an, a giant skeleton. And really? It's not really widely talked about. No, I it don't know anything about this. In the last like six, behind. seven months, about giants. Yeah, it's uh, giants is really hard one to get into because there's not a whole lot of evidence out there, and the, the stuff that is, you don't know because right. people. They don't want to give it credit. Mm-hmm. And I think more and more that I researched this week, I think that is that comes down to a lot of things from the, the aging of the Sphinx to the locations and placements of the pyramids and, and all that kind of stuff. I think there's so many different views and so many different things, but I, I'm starting to notice that those views are narrated by money and funding and, and certain things and, right. and not going outside the narrative. Well, and also there's a certain aspect of, okay, Say we acknowledge and put some funding into maybe something that completely decimates our understanding of reality and the world that we live in now. Which we've been taught, yeah. Which we've been taught. Think about that becoming widely accepted and starting to be um, talked about or accepted into mainstream. 
the idea of some of those topics will completely decimate civilizations because of based on religion or the history that we've been yeah. taught. Yeah. I um, lately, recently, I've been really struggling to understand and believe the history that we were taught. I feel like a lot of it is written in a, as story form to control us in a certain degree of understanding. When we understand a certain level of a history we're all gonna gives you comfort and conformity and a a false sense of reality of what it is right you mold your civilization based on that right right? and uh, now i'm starting to question i mean i question the government i question history i'm questioning things that i was taught my entire life and kind of trying to start from scratch at that sense yeah and when you start to do that your entire worldview completely collapses and i think that's why we're so put in the dark about a lot of this because if our reality of the world and how we look at society switches and decimates like that then that's chaos Mm -hmm. right so this so when when you watch this documentary and that and you got into it where where was your first avenue of interest like which 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 part of all of this did that really grabbed your interest right away um I mean, there's, it's such a vast right. and wide. That's, yeah. I, I think I first, I kept going deeper in the videos and I, I, I kept watching more about um, just like the his try trying to put together some of the history of yeah. what happened there. You know, we take what we're given from the scholars and we have, we have that view. We know what that is. And that's, yeah. so I was trying to find anything else that was out there. So um I dove into the the gods and the stories of the gods. Right. And that led me uh, into Sumerian gods. And then the Anunnaki. And the Anunnaki. And and once I got there, then it all started to open up from there. And it was, uh, you bring, you know, you get Zachariah Sitchin wrote this great series called the Earth Chronicles. And basically you have the Anunnaki come here 450,000 years ago and start building Mm -hmm. these structures, right? And, And mining for gold and... And, uh, and who do you think the Anunnaki is? Well, the, you know, that's a good question. The Anunnaki would be, from what I gather, is just a group of either angels, as they're described in the Bible, or right. they could be extraterrestrials, they could be... Um, multidimensional beings. Multidimensional beings, is spirits that just come, that, or like that... that Transfer through dimensional uh, portals and yeah. be able to, to talk to people here and, and participate physically in the in uh, and the things they do on the earth and um, yeah it, it just gets wild from there and, and um, you uh, I'm sure you, you just get, you get right into right into finding what's next and and you want to yeah. keep indulging into this. So what was your initial reaction when you started seeing all this and being able to kind of hypothesize that there's a grander vision or story to specifically the pyramids and these ancient civilizations? What was going through your mind in that initial moment of being like, oh, shit, there's an entire part of history that I haven't even conceptualized before. Like, where was your mind kind of going in that sense of getting brought into potentially these extraterrestrial ancestors that brought us information and knowledge to expand our consciousness of civilization? Yeah. (laughs) Well, what was your initial thought? Well, yeah, that was... uh... I didn't really know what to think about it, to be honest with you. I just thought, okay, this is a possibility. Um, You know, I'm open to the fact that 
the universe is, is mysterious and that anything can happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, really, it came down to when I, when I started really getting into it was how these structures were built um, that really interested me to go a little bit further. And the, the, the sheer weight of these stones, the, you've got That's granite thing, structures yeah. that are 40, 50 tons. Some of them are more. Like these are one piece solid right. statues, you know, that are carved so intricately. Yeah. That no, looks like it's pickaxe. done, and and they're and they're done completely symmetrically. And and in the mathematics you of know? how the diameter and the height of these buildings yeah. are in correlate with the yeah, I mean yeah. the the you know, you know the y and x of the pier the Great Pyramid correlates with the you know the radius and circumference of the the polar radius and that's the, right right so and the, the and the equilateral circumference of the Earth right. when you times them by forty three thousand two hundred and that's a, a mathematical number four, four, that three divides into the... seventy two and I went down all these holes how these things all correlate and you know the great pyramid being built 0.13 degree off of true north and you know in the spring equinox when the sun rises it rises directly over the sphinx heads like all this stuff is not just like a hunter gatherer that just hunter gatherers right and they just what built this from what a little pickaxe that they made to kill a the logistics of it all. How do you get past that? So they, I think right. they're told to come. They'd, they'd go from 500 miles away, bring this granite, these granite blocks in on a wooden boat. Down sure. The, down the, the Nile. River, yeah. You know, then a river Nile and then unload them. I don't know how they say with elephants or whatever. Whatever. What do you want to unload that saying, with? Yeah. Right? And then, it's just, it just seems ridiculous to me. I don't know. It I, does. It seems bizarre. Right? That this, like, the, but this is what we were taught too, right? And, and but it's we're been also not taught way. to dig into the logistics and critically think on a lot of these things. It's like, this is what the history book says. Believe this. And it's like, okay. But logically, I mean, as a, a young teen, you're not necessarily going to think logistically of, okay, you're going to have to have hundreds of workers that are going to have to be thousands. moving these stones. Thousands. Thousands thousands of, yes, That's thousands what I mean. And thousands workers. and thousands How of hunter-gatherers building this. How are slaves, you giving them water? They say they were slaves. Right. Slaves doing this great, fantastic work. You know, like, like I'm sorry, but point if I'm three a slave, degree I'm, off of true north and perfectly symmetrical. Like, yeah. I don't, you're not going to be trying to be do your best if you're a slave. I don't. I don't think they have. And no, it's no, such no, no. a mathematical geometric sequence. And actually, I've been reading a book called The Source Field Investigations by David Wilcock. And I come back to it and go on and off. But there was a section in there where uh, the Russians were studying um, the the healing properties of a pyramid structure. Right. And how that if you were putting these minerals or foods into the structure, they were being healed and brought up to a higher vibration. I wish I understood a little bit and I read that a while ago, but right. um so what how were these ancient Egyptian Egyptians understanding the frequency change of this um structure and this the sheer um, geometry and right. and and, every, and, and the, the architecture and the mathematics. This, this doesn't seem like an ancient. But then you also think about like ancient Rome and ancient Greece, ancient Europe, and all of those insane, beautiful buildings. The architecture, the art of all of that stuff. Doesn't These seem were, like a lower sense of consciousness. You see the marble carvings that the Greeks did. Yeah. And the detail. Yeah. And you know how hard it is to cut and mold. How you many know? people do anything marble? to take a square block to a three-dimensional piece? You see piece. veins, veins in the arms and, and legs. And that's being an artist myself. I've never been able to work in three dimensions. I've only ever been able to work in the first dimension and paint on a flat surface. Right. I've tried before to take a full, a full structure and carve away the stuff to get something out of. 
And for me, my brain cannot even function on that level to create mm-hmm. something in a negative space from what it's there. And these people these are doing this it's with such ages. high precision. Think about all the art, the music, the philosophy of these people that was beyond what I could look around and pick the next 10 people around me and brace bridge and say, I don't think your mind works in that and they way. They had thousands no. of these people building these things. That's precisely, what they, that's what they say, precisely yeah. accurate. Yeah. That, I've been on a lot of big construction sites. Okay. Yes. We've been no. on one just recently where even the door showed up nine months after no, they were ordered. And there, this is 2021 and there's just wooden doors and they're there, you know, eight wow. months later, these people are building this stuff in, in, a, in apparently an ancient time of dynastic Egypt. You know? Yeah. And you're starting you're to 2500 see 2500 BC to 3000 BC. They're so yeah. in tune with the astrological calendar and so in tune with nature and the beauty of geometry, mathematics and art. And you're like, what was this consciousness that was going on back in apparently this primitive time of humans? That's like, right. I think that's the part that I don't get mostly about it is, is naming this so primitive and so it's not primitive, ancient, and and I don't, yeah, I, I don't think it was. And was a this primitive... the beginning or the end of a civilization? Is what we're looking at it now? Yeah, that's kind of like. where I'm at. Yeah. Too. Well, uh, yeah, that is, it's a good question. I, I think that civilization carried on. Throughout the ages, right? I really do. Yeah, I over think and it over. Appeared and over, over, and over in South America. I think it appeared in America itself. Yep. You know, you've got you've got it uh, over in the eastern areas of China, yep. Taiwan, Turkey, you know, everywhere. Yeah. Um, there's Tibet. there's so many so many structures out there, and I don't know if you ever heard of a guy named Christopher Dunn. He wrote a book called The Giza Power Plant, and he no. basically. Um, explains how because there's all those tunnels running underneath the pyramids and they yep. used to be filled with water there's probably a lot more water around and a lot I'm more sure. tunnels yeah. that they haven't discovered yeah. and water is the you know it's the key of life and it would also we use it for energy today still to create Correct. energy yeah. right yeah. and we are water and we, we are 60% water so yeah. we, and we are energy that. right yeah, yeah. Well, we're at least probably at least if you drink 60. a couple, yeah, couple maybe liters maybe, of, maybe four percent side launch sour too. But yeah, the, the water would bring life to these these structures, I think. And then, and then this is what Christopher Dunn's saying: it would produce energy, and this energy could be this electromagnetic energy could be cast out throughout the world, right? right. And which is why you have places um, like uh, Machu Picchu. You have. All these massive structures. Uh, what's that one in the? I think it's the Philippines. Um, Anchor Wat. Right. Right. It's, they all have giant antennas still. Like uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there are all these structures are built. And we, we don't have think water they work. We don't them. understand them, but yeah. they. Look how antennas. intricate they are too, right? Like I mean, even the best stonemasons today, I think, would have a hard time. To, well, to and struggle to recreate stuff this. Like they link that. up I think the so astrological too. calendar as well. And back in the olden days, from what I understand, the mythology of um, astrology and astronomy was still so prevalent. And in, prevalent in their stories, their lore, and what, yeah. how they're molding the younger generations by telling them these stories and lore through kind of archetypal metaphors of life. And then that is very much linked up to astrology and astronomy. And then all of these massive megalithic structures um, from the primitive age of man um, clearly have a lot more understanding of a lot of that than we do. Oh, and for we don't, sure. We don't. We build a fucking thirty-foot um, skyscraper in Toronto, or we build thirty of them, and it's like that's not beauty. That's not. But they're also stacking them from individual pieces, right? Even right? building, like, you know, forming concrete or building these things in in, in smaller parts 
connecting them all together to build stories and stories and stories. But where did we These leave things that? like these monoliths and these huge portions of rock that were moved and placed as like you know from Stonehenge to um, all the other places that have these huge monoliths. Like these stones were massive size. Yeah, like if, I don't know if you anybody if you if you look at some of these pictures from Machu Picchu, you see the size of these these rocks. Yeah, well, you can have a human standing there, a six foot human, and this rock is like four times or three times its height. Right. And the width of it is seven to eight times the width of it. And then we don't know how the depth is. Like Correct, yeah. Like it's, they're super deep too, right? Yeah. And then they're, the way they're put together, they're put together so tightly that all yeah, the corners are rounded. Them. Yeah. You know, it looks like they were melted I rock, like some kind of vitrification. Yeah. That there is a, a difference in even the stone structure and it looks like it was rebuilt on top of some of this um more beautiful structure of kind of understanding the rock and putting it in this really beautiful way that it all links together. And then there's like a stop and then it carries on. It looks a little bit more primitive in a different yeah. type of, gets, I know yeah. it gets worse. It progressively gets like the construction progressively gets worse. Right. Over and I, and I know we see that a lot in, um, like in Rome and stuff too, where a lot of these things were built and then rebuilt or added mm -hmm. on to. Mm -hmm. And the level of craftsmanship and the, the precision of these stones changes, right? And it's there's a, a deadline of where this precision of architecture changes. Absolutely. So what do uh, what do we think? My, my big question is like, what's the proof we have to suggest? I mean, I guess we have the proof, but what's the proof to suggest that this civilization that lived so long ago and there have been numbers that bounce around a lot um, if you look into Graham Hancock's work he looks at uh, two or 12,000 years ago minimum to or when this civilization was in full full swing but what do we think was the in quotes catalysm and I think catalysm is a good word to maybe define in a sense that catalysm is I, I don't believe it's fire. I think it's water, right? Like right. A, I think like that's the a Noah's word. Ark flood, in yeah. a sense, um, with the earth and the water, like the mud mudslides, mud floods, and water floods that decimated apparently this civilization and killed off this civilization. What do like? What do we think that was? Well, I mean. Hancock is, I mean, the comet or the, the the great, you know, reset of the world when the comet hit and, and flooded the earth and the ice age and all that kind of stuff. And we know that that's kind of with the evidence that we have with these things hitting the planet. And there is one evidence. Thing, to and there is evidence of, the, of this stuff hitting, uh, hitting the earth and resetting. But this is where I go into these ancient civilizations and see that they're generational and generational and stuff has been passed on and passed on. And I think that's my true belief is that this stuff has been passed on for you know, hundreds of thousands of years, not not 11,000 or 6,000 yeah. years. I believe that this has been going on for generations and generations, thousands and thousands of years where they're taking stuff and building off the stuff that was already built, right? And not at a hunter, no, uh, no way at a hunter-gatherer level. Well, there's evidence right now that um, Graham Hancock is saying that the civilization we know of today that we're living in, this um, beginning to where we are now, this is one civilization. He's showing proof of a civilization just prior to us. Right. Are we going to say at that point, if we can accept that narrative or at least accept that hypo hypothesis, yeah. were there civilizations prior to that one? Okay, so let's of look course. at this. Way. Yeah. Let's look at Gobekli Tepe. Let's take that yeah. for right. example, right? So the first layer, this this is a area that is 30 square miles large, okay? They've, they've literally dug the very top of the hill 
uh, just a small, they've, I think they've got four or five areas that right. they've dug. Yeah, okay, Where's Gobekli yeah. Tepe? Gobekli Tepe is in Turkey. Oh, yeah. It means okay. pot-bellied hill is what Gobekli Tepe means yeah. still. Um, that <laughs> is dated to 8,800 years BC. Okay, just the top layer. And this was all, from what they can tell, filled in manually with buckets of yes. rock right. and dirt. Okay, right. so you've got 30 square miles. We're at the top of this 100-foot hill. And this is, we've dug down maybe 20 feet, 30 yeah. feet. So we've still got 70 feet to go. Right. And however many square miles. How old do you think that might get underneath there? It's crazy. Right. You and, know how, what I mean? and how intricate and how widespread. And if you, I mean, if we're down 20 feet and it's 30 square, like this, this is going to be a massive conglomeration of a civilization that built and the, the next question that comes up right? was, was that embedded into the, into the the mountain or was that natural things was it built up yeah was it built up or the way it's the way that they they're looking at it right now it was this is an artificial hill built so it's we've got they what they're calling them temples or whatever you want yeah you've got stone structures in 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 uh circle patterns with carvings and with animals and everything else they've got intricate carvings on them and uh yeah, so this it was filled in. So it wasn't it wasn't a mountain or a hill before. It right. became one. Okay. As they slowly built over. So the, what they're saying is they've they've started at the space level. They used it for so long. The procession seventy two years passed. Yeah. We went one degree with this. So now they had to build another one. So they're still yeah. online to be able to view the stars they want. However, they're viewing the stars, right? Right. For whatever reason, they're doing it for. Yeah, that's a completely is, different subject. You know, they tell us agricultural reasons. I don't know. That's right. really stars on mushrooms. It's a bit it's of a, not the same. We have four seasons to tell us when we can plant stuff, and we don't have to. We don't, I don't think we have to look at the stars. No, we don't look at the stars for that. There's definitely <laughs> a, a higher level. I've been saying that to so many people lately. Um, I'm like, okay, you want to sit there and talk about how the astrological calendar is bullshit? And yes, maybe the personality types. I think there's some truth to that, but the astrological calendar is the oldest fucking calendar that we have because in each of those months in the astrological times the time of the bull in taurus which is early april is the time that you are supposed to um plant and then in the harvest in september for virgo the astrological symbol for virgo is the virgin holding a wheat stalk that was when you were supposed to harvest exactly and all of those and then you look at um Scorpio, which is the scorpion, um, that's in November. That was the death. That's right before winter. Yeah, and that's right? going back to what Ryan just said. He's like, you know, they built these levels, and they're all, you know, the Earth shifts a degree, and the next level is built on a little different angle, so yeah. they can be. You think they're just, just random? No. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, of course. But that's what we're told. So much that, that's what we've always us. been told. Like, yes. Excuse me. Yes. yes. That's how I look at it. I'm like, oh my God, we're like, are we on the steady, steady decline to a cataclysm? Because our people have lost so much touch with our souls, ourselves, with each other, and the nature, and everything that clearly these ancient civilizations were very in tune with that we completely throw out the fucking window and from astrology to geometry yeah society now yeah and not all, that we don't enjoy a capitalistic society to a degree right I right mean, of course we've we all, we've yeah. all you know we've all benefited from and benefited. enjoy our things and purchase and, and everything yeah. right yeah. i'm wearing vulcan pants right now yeah of like, course yeah exactly yeah, yeah. okay but yeah, they were definitely more in touch with the with the stars in the universe. I believe that a hundred percent. I think so too. I really believe that uh, a lot of these structures did have to do with uh, electromagnet uh, electromagnetic energy and yep. helping. And I believe that energy would actually help to grow 
crops and gardens. So right. You have these massive gardens that are – there's evidence of these old gardens being around here and there. Yeah. Around the world. The agriculture of it all. And this – like if you look at Machu Picchu again, they've got all these terraces, right? I'm right. imagining those being massive gardens. Of course it would be, yeah. And this, this would have helped that grow, you know what I mean? Sure. Like it, so you get – it's kind of like growing inside. You get you, yeah, like uh, hydropon- hydroponics you get more, of more yield out of what you're growing, of course, right? yeah, and quicker. And they figured out a way to build these these gardens on a certain level and a certain angle of the sun, yeah. and and with the seasons and everything to to yield a better crop. And then you don't need the massive well, amounts of lands that we use to, you know, right grow corn or whatever. Yeah, and that's the next thing. I mean, they're not cutting down the Amazon rainforest no, to put a soybean field there. or a cattle field. They're living yeah. within their certain certain circumference of where they are because i mean there's no trains back then there's no tra- there's no way to ship all this stuff they're maximizing the the earth they live on in the smallest footprint possible but then there was this cataclysm so this meteor this flood uh, and there's so many evidence in history and religion that there was a flood this cataclysm it's there all around the world please mm-hmm. look into it because it's literally riddled all over history and religion that there was a flood that wiped out civilization. And however you divinely think or not divinely think that that happened, if it was just random, synchronistic. And there was an ice or, age and then you know, that, but, this all happened in sequence. Um, who, who do we think or know about this civilization? I know that Plato was talking about in the early, early times of ancient Greece yeah. that there was this place called Atlantis. Timius and Critias is your, you can read that in that book. Yeah. Yeah, Atlantis is brought up in Fingerprints of the Gods yeah. and the Source Field Investigations. Also, um, the Ancient uh, Teachings of All Ages by P. Manley Hall. Plato has been referenced to talk about this ancient civilization called Atlantis. And I think that might be what we're moving into. So who do we think this civilization, if it wasn't Atlantis even, who was this civilization? Yeah. Is my question to so both of you gentlemen. Okay, so there's a, there was actually a couple of continents they're talking about that would have had populations on them back before this. Are you talking about like Lemuria, so Lemuria as well? and Atlantis, right? Yeah. So Plato says that 9,000 years from 600 BC or whatever, yeah, yeah. when his grandfather, great great grandfather, was uh, talking to the Egyptian yeah. priests, um, that there was. A massive island out past the gates of Heracles, right? Which is where Spain and... Um, yeah, it was in the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that could have been absolutely something because we've had... If we have the Younger Dryas, you know, which, where the glaciers melt yeah. rapidly over, you know, 3,000 years, they, they melt... They freeze again, then they melt again. And then this, this is time the precession of a planet. The cooling <laughs> and the heating of a planet, which I probably will just kind of touch Gloss on um, uh, a little bit of climate change. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we're not going to touch on that too much, but <clears throat> climate change. Cool. Anyway, carry on. Heating and cooling of the planet. <laughs> yeah, and I think when, when I started looking into this this week, too, and the rising and falling of water and, uh, you know, the water levels on the Earth and the Ice Age and stuff like that, and, and I, I started diving into these ancient maps. And I, you, I know you mentioned to me that you have these the old ancient maps. The entire beginning of Fingerprints of the Gods and seeing these maps. ancient maps where on some of these ancient maps, there's no Antarctica. So we've got, I've got a map from 1513, I think is the one that Columbus used to yeah. sail across right. to the Caribbean, right? So that shows um, Antarctica. Like it shows, you can kind of see these outlines of 
South America that line up yeah. with stuff we see in our maps today. Right. And there's this massive landmass at the bottom, which would which would be end up having to be Antarctica. Antarctica right? yeah. That is I've the Piri Reyes map. Yeah, yeah. Piri Reyes. Yeah. So then I've got a map from 16, oh, 100 years later, 1600. Yeah. There's no Antarctica in there. Yeah, this is the hole that I went into right? after finding <laughs> this kind of stuff. And it's, it's amazing because these, these people, you know, are mapping when you're mapping you're mapping what's in front of you at that time yeah. and at that time there was there's there's no place for antarctica on the map it's uh, it's underwater it, it doesn't exist and and other maps it does exist and seeing the the procession of these old maps being built and then you know a lot of these maps are built off of ancient maps That's that right. came before them right so to see these things and to see these islands off bahamas where it's above water and there's this little roadway and the next thing there's another map and it's the island's not there you know graham hancock is one of the guys that has dove down off the coast and seen this island underwater with this road that's yeah built, that's um, on it i'm, just, I'm it's just trying to it's it's crossing my mind now oh exactly i just saw that, that this morning I literally it's a beautiful said, thing. He talks about it on Rogan. Yeah. Oh, I just, I can visualize but it's it right such a, now. It's a chronological time system of what actually happened, and yet it's being disputed. Or it's being... Well, there's, a, if it's the same thing I'm talking, thinking it is, that there's an archaeologist studying that island yeah. system. Yeah, And he's just keeping it really low-key, and he's not giving up anything that would be mind-blowing, right? Right. It's, and I think a lot of this stuff is a little bit mind blowing or a little bit outside. And I know, um, you know, go back to Tabby is one of those things that just really pushed the boundaries of what we thought. Absolutely, they, they had. They finally, you know, the the archaeologists, the, the you know, the high ups had to admit that okay, this goes way back. Yeah. Right, and I know Klaus Schmidt was the original archaeologist on that site and has has since left or pushed out or whatever has happened it for, makes for that me system. think about all of this ancient knowledge ancient scripture ancient maps that um we have collected over the years um what just was screaming in my head while we were talking about that was the library of alexandria um right. and how a lot of this old scripture old religion old pieces of um all of that was in the uh, library of alexandria do we know when that burnt down and a lot of that was ruined well and that's the thing know, the and I, and I mean all those timelines and all those things and stuff like i mean i believe it was when the romans came through right they burn, was, did they burn it or yeah. okay. there was a, i i believe there was probably a few things saved but we won't get to see them probably no probably but it, it yeah. makes i had that thought this weekend i'm like I wish <laughs> I, I have so much hopium and wish for that library of ancient knowledge to have still existed. Obviously, there was um, probably something to burning all of that to rewrite history in a certain degree. Mm -hmm. But how beautiful would that have been for society? <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't be probably where we were today if we had all of the information. Well, pushing in those boundaries, library. but having the research or having the old knowledge is one thing because now everything seems to be questioned. And I know go go back to Tebby is one of those things that has really pushed the boundaries, and you know only found in 1996. So we have a very limited time with this knowledge so far. Yeah, and that's what I'm there's liking. And, and there's a lot left to study. There's a lot left unearthed and. Um, um, you know, and now like getting into to new things like LIDAR and this new technology to find stuff that's under the ground. That's like, so cool. Can we only get smarter? Like, I hope that 
that we can get smarter and, and look into this past and try to unearth yes. these things without being pigeonholed into a narrative well, that we're supposed to stick ideal, to. That's the ideal, right? But uh, you also look at the current uh, world we live in, and we're not really encouraged to delve deep into history and critically think, or at I'm least... I'm not even allowed to say the other side of the current no, news no. cycle. Now you might, <laughs> like, now you might potentially yeah, get $70,000 fine and on house arrest. Yeah, yeah, Canada. so we're not even allowed to if, do that. If you offend somebody. But that's somebody. why this that's why this is so fun to research on your own. It right? is. And, and and look into all these And this is another things. thing why what Keith and I have spoken about. Like these aren't conversations that we've ever really had with people up into the last couple of months. And then when he told me he's like, Oh, I have this buddy who researches ancient civilizations, I was like, And then in. like I jumped on like talking to you the other week when I saw you here at the bar and I was like I want to talk to you so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so into having these conversations with people now because it's becoming more of a readily available, uh, or not necessarily readily available, but it's less taboo than it used to be. It's more accepted, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's still not. It's still. I think it's more accepted for like people like us that it's, do the research yeah. and want to talk about it, right. and that's why I love going to work it's in the nice morning and talking talk about, about all these things. Without, with, you yeah, with, talk about yeah, yeah, without outside people. interference or a money trail that will only allow you to release certain things. And, mm-hmm. I, and and even someone so famous as Graham Hancock that has produced how many books and everything, this guy still gets blasted for all his ideas because they don't fit the narrative, right? And, and it's a weird thing to still still be in that kind of thing but with all the evidence right in Rogan, front of us. But if who is literally in the middle of like, is he paid off a little bit too much to like not say things that he wants to? Is he keeping a little bit more mainstream? And I think he's keeping it mainstream to keep himself relevant, but he's just been in a lot of flack recently with Spotify. I believe it was that yeah. he wanted to start bringing up evidence of um, a fake moon landing from the sixties. All that kind of stuff gets and, pretty twisted. And um, he's been getting a lot of shit from the people who pay him. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in all the research you've done and, and everything that you that you find out, I mean, what is your most favorite thing to kind of like to, to go into it into deeply? Well, before we get to that, I actually wanted to bring up one more thing about Absolutely. Atlantis. Absolutely, yeah, that. yeah. Let's go so right we've back. Got, we were talking about heard. Atlantis and Lemuria yes. before. And then we, we got sidetracked. Yeah. I wanted like you guys have, have you guys heard of Randall Carlson at all? Yeah, yeah. I all actually have him written down here. <laughs> that guy is so great. He did a podcast, like seven episode podcast on Atlantis. So yeah. mm-hmm. going back to. Uh, the glacier melting and the possibility of land masses being lost. So what I love that he brought up, this, this is a spot in the Northern Atlantic, just past the gates of Heracles within the, um, the uh, Azores islands, I think they're yeah. called. Mm-hmm. And this is where the Marianas trench meets. And then there's another trench that comes off from the, uh, the East and that they meet in this spot. And there's these three, it's like, like a ley line. Basically cracks in the earth meeting right. this one spot. Yeah. He says it's completely possible that an entire massive landmass could have been sucked down in this area specifically right. from whatever happened with how it melted, whether it be a meteor yeah, or whether whatever the, the a solar train flare of thought is. Yeah. Because that is uh, Robert Shock's. We just got a He's solar going into that week. right now. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like a, maybe a mini Nova kind of thing. It was yeah. a mini Nova, yeah. Um, it could have absolutely... But, of course, like a massive solar flare would have affected the planet. Well, yeah, you'd set off uh, volcanoes, you'd have earthquakes, you'd have the mudslides. Right. Um, you'd have the floods, you'd have the transformation. Exactly. Well, all our water. electricity would be affected with that as well. Sure. Uh, you know the Schumann Resonance? 
Shimon resonance, um, kind of, um, what's the, it, it calculates the, the frequency, the electromagnetic frequency of the planet, but our consciousness is also tapped into that as well. Right. So when there are high areas of solar activity or planetary activity or even consciousness activity where we're heightened, it shows on this graph. Wow. Okay, and I think we're at like eight megahertz or something like that, right? Right. Oh, it goes wild. Like, global, like yeah. I definitely that's the global average, though, right? Is, I think, um, uh, something, something. It's super chill, but in the obviously the last like three months, we've been just bombarded with all of this activity of high electromagnetic frequencies, and I think you see it mm -hmm. in people all. We just over. started into a new solar cycle in 2019, so right. we're, it's going to go up. Until we hit year six, and then it'll come back, start coming yeah. back down again, right? To yeah. the 11 year but, cycle. But I do uh, want to kind of, we keep getting sidetracked, but Atlantis, <laughs> I want to, I really want to understand your, before we have our first break, because we stop a little bit around the hour mark, I want to get into your, your understanding um, and even your hypothesis, like just kind of what you believe. Strictly hypothesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all speculation, yeah. obviously. Mm -hmm. You've never 100%. met an Atlantean. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, we talked about Travis actually earlier. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Travis earlier in the podcast. We may very well have met an Atlantean. Anywho, what, what do you think this civilization was? Who do you think these people were? What do you think... Um, they were doing in their regular day that brought them essentially to this category. Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. So yeah. I think from what I've read that the Atlanteans, this is just speculation again, but yeah. this is my best theory. Yeah. Uh, once they went down, like they, so they, they probably had all of the electromagnetic power structure in place on their island, right? They were far advanced. They had these amazing gardens. They had... These amazing structures like we see in Greece. Yeah. And the irrigation of it yeah, all. Just like just beautiful. And statues there. I, I think it would have been like Greece, but with electromagnetic power. Okay. Right. So let's Greece full send. And then Greece mixed with Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Greece with Star Wars. <laughs> so yeah, that, then yeah. Atlantis goes down, a few people survive. Definitely um Horus and his followers, Thoth. So these people all travel the across the ocean. Yeah. To Egypt and then yep. start to re restart. start to rebuild, and I think that's with any generation or any type of civilization, well, even a family model, like even basic family model. My grandfather was a farmer, my dad was a farmer. Yeah. It passed on. I skipped that. I became a golfer, but all those things, <laughs> all those things are in your genes and in that in like group of people that are passed on and inherited and passed on and passed on and passed on and built and to be so genius at that level and then like you say come across and this is where but then graham hancock was saying that this society of people this continent of atlantis was getting so greed filled that they were decimating their natural um beliefs and ideologies because they were very much tied into the electromagnetic uh, electromagnetic forces of the solar system the planet and then also all the beings on the planet and they were tied into this nature again purely speculation yeah. they were tied into the nature and the cycles of plants and and the planet but then they started to get a little bit greed filled yeah. and a little bit more in a not capitalistic but um 
detriment to human psychology, consciousness. Are you and... talking about right now or back no, then? No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking... It seems like I'm listening to I'm CNN at 7.30 at night. Which yeah. is making me fearful for where our society is going right mm. now. We might be headed to a complete cataclysm of something similar that Atlantis went through because they got into this completely warped sense of reality and how they should be living their lives and governing people and controlling and it, it brought in all these dark frequencies into their psyche mm-hmm. and apparently graham hancock speculates this was the decimation um of their society and eventually got brought on they say there was potential divine cataclysm destruction with this meteor right but th- th- that they were also potentially warned from because there was a certain amount of people that from Atlantis moved over to ancient Egypt. And yeah. that's where that embedded knowledge. Well, they're of- back talking to the same thing now about, about meteors that are within, within reach of the planet and the ones that are getting closer are the most dangerous and all that kind of stuff. But I think, I mean, currently we're the most dangerous things on the planet mm. to destruction but of potentially the Potentially so anyway. are the Atlanteans. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, okay. On that, on that, um, other part, who do you think Lemuria was and the muse? So if you look at the Eastern philosophies and the, and the rock carvings you see out there, it's they seem like they were a lot more connected to the earth. Is that divine spirit, masculine right? and feminine? Kind I think of... it, it feels to me like Atlantis went the scientific route. Mm-hmm. Lemuria yeah. stayed, the, you know, the spiritual way. Spiritual way and agricultural and way. Up, I, I believe I, – I, think that china and india and new zealand and that was probably all, australia was probably all part of lemuria we didn't lose it all but right a large mass like he, there's uh you can see underwater that the new zealand itself used to be a lot bigger yeah right so you can, there's still evidence of that yeah we don't have any evidence of lemuria because and if you've ever been to new zealand it feels right. like an eden like it i bet does. it does it's it looks gorgeous uh, you know but i i would imagine it's probably it's one of my uh, favorite countries i've never been it's awesome. very tropical Portugal for me was mountain, very similar to that feeling. It felt like uh, tropical Canada, like mm-hmm. tropical west coast of Canada to me. The mountains are beautiful, but then they still have the the snow-capped mountains right. there as well. But it is very tropical, and it's a gorgeous, beautiful country. There uh, there might be something to that with Lemuria. And, and I think now, too, with, with the new stuff that's coming out and everything that we've found in the last 10 or 15 years in in um you know, this realm of the, of the world of finding these ancient civilizations, we're finding these same very simul- similar square inside a circle, circle inside a square, very similar things all across the planet that are starting to come up, like across across planet Earth, right? So it, it doesn't. This this was a a global civilization as opposed to you know. It just started here in ancient Egypt. It's, it just that's started not the here. way it feels, doesn't it? Like, it, it feels more like it was. Original colonists, kind right? Of and now, the, and they and they're finding things in the Americas dating civilization, somewhat of human civilization, a hundred thousand years ago, and the, these things are more and more relevantly becoming are, are being popped up and are, and are getting out there a little quicker than they used to get Absolutely. get out there, and and not necessarily even being funded, but being released to to the masses that this stuff has existed, you know. For years and years and years, it was the pyramids. Well, there's yeah. a place called Penang Padang. Uh, yeah. A geologist by the name of Danny Hillman. Yeah. He was excavating the site, and he had the approval of the government. The president was on board, loved what he was doing. Yeah. They did a whole bunch of digging. They got down to this bottom layer where they were dating at 20,000 years old. Like Shit. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then a new president was voted in. 
and all of a sudden all of his funding was cut off. The, the site's still open to visit, but they're not, no longer allowed to investigate anymore. They, right. They, it's been five years, I think, now since this original discovery of carbon dating of 20. Yeah, and there's stuff like that going on in Syria at the same time, too, but, but with all the turmoil that's going there, all these sites, there, all these, though, right? yeah, Syria, everything's been blown up, Iraq, or these sites are stopped. If you all look into some stopped. of these theories about ancient civilizations, you're going to eventually bring yourself into the Middle East, um, and then kind of into this present-day Middle East, and um, you're keeping all of this knowledge of this ancient civilization and potential... Um, really hectic out there things like potential stargates apparently there were potentially stargates going on in middle east which started the uh war over in middle east or i don't i don't know much about it but um there is There's a all these theories and all these things See, coming out there. this information brought me to that and um it makes you think about motivations around the world of wars or even just colonization and what was going on what were these motivations before doing all of that um when you're starting to realize that there, the the planet is a lot more mystical than. What but I wonder too, when when you were talking about uh, you know the site being filled back in, mm-hmm. right, and then they have to dig it out. Go back to Tabby. Yeah, go back to Tabby when it was when it was buried essentially by the people. Now were they burying it to protect? This architecture, or hide their stuff. That's like, what it would seem to be. It's like they're going to like right? they're preserving art, or preserving a part of their history that would not be disturbed and can be found later, or learned from, or whatever. I don't and, believe that because then anything that can be um, utilized for money, or you know, like let's take these old ancient things and put them on display so we can get money. That's how I look at civilization. Yeah, well, that's that and and that's the thing. Like if they buried this to protect their civilization and their or their secrets or to move the site or if the site where they were told by someone, the site is not, you know, whatever it needs to be, to be hidden. There was probably a reason that they hid, that they hid this site from whatever. Um, he's, uh, he's wrote about the dot, the the Dogon people, Laird's Granton. Yeah. Um, he thinks that it may have been a, like a university basically where you'd have some people from certain areas in the world of tribe or whatever, you come there and you learn architect, agriculture, you know, and then take it back. And, and building, right? And then pass, yeah. You were, right? That's neat. Geometry, architecture, and, and building. And learning the procession. And learning the procession of the earth so and it's stars. Like a and, university, basically. Yeah. Well, that's, that I mean, that's which is why they had to keep changing it and why it's kind of a little bit more rudimentary than some of the other stuff you see out there, right? Right. It's, yeah. If you look at go back to the Tepe's T structures, right? Yeah. They don't, they don't look fantastic like some stuff you'd see in Egypt or Greece or wherever. Right, which is perfect 90-degree right? angles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that could have potentially rough. been an agricultural university, whereas then when you just said that, something sparked in my mind about ancient Rome and ancient Greece of how these were philosophical universities of secret societies of mm. esoteric knowledge yeah. and um, having those profound thoughts to kind of mold society and mold cultures. That's how I look at it. But I mean, yeah, how much sense does that make to conglomerate everyone and build this stuff and learn from all these things to take back to your... Well, it's kind of like the Game of Thrones, Just right? Like Where all of these sages or the maesters were going to this massive... Um, university of knowledge in that one area of Westeros or right. what, across that was their university of but, and all these knowledge. things are based off that of was their stuff, right? library of Alexandria so I think it's interesting to think about that you get you go to these universities that these universal universities and then bring them back to your communities that's how I kind of would perceive and maybe mm-hmm. assume and maybe I'm incorrect that in ancient history that's what was going on. 
Potentially. Potentially. Yeah, I mean, potentially. Potentially, I mean, everyone We know seems nothing. Be... We're just hypothesizing <clears throat> on what we've got. What we've researched, yeah, from all different avenues of researching. But I think that's the best part about getting all this information down and looking at it. You actually start to, your mind opens. You, For sure. You start to really think about, okay, what I just was taught in grade 10 through grade 12 history, probably not the whole Whole thing. Well, it's only a few pages too, right? In those we textbooks. only really yeah, the there's, there's one page with the pyramids on it, and then next page with uh, something else on it. I, I don't even too. remember learning about Sumeria in, in high school. Of course, I didn't. Just we, we learned about Egypt. That I know was it. my my stepson Jackson learned a little bit about Sumeria in grade four now. Really? So I was surprised. Progressive that. teacher, then that's great. That was pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, well, listen, we're gonna we're gonna take a little break, and then we're we'll gonna come back and dive into some of the books that Ryan brought here, and some of the the books that we've brought in front of us for some ideals of reading, and just kind of yeah. sum things up on where we think we're going yeah. in the planet and where we came from. And uh, so, thank you for uh, tuning in to part one. Uh, these are just conversations that uh, we love to have. Ancient civilizations are something that. I think a lot of people like it was one for me that was kind of the the kickstart to jumping off of the off the edge of ancient knowledge, ancient mysteries, esoteric knowledge, and just history that we're not. Carrie's not going to see Ryan for a month. He's going to be down in the basement reading, <laughs> just reading and reading and reading. My family. Too. Sorry, Carrie. One of the two. Or in the shed, yeah, in the in the yoga shed out back. Yeah. Oh, I have a little like FEMA tent in my backyard that I go like Jesus hang out. Christ. Is it a teepee or a no? FEMA I made tent? it out of tarp. Oh my god! Carrie actually just bought me a uh, like a pyramid. <laughs> Cute. It's to a sit copper in? pyramid. You have to sit in with the. Is that to control your energy? Is she or to control you? Or? Do, you put well, it on your, <laughs> do you put it on your head? I, it's in I, cage I form with a lock. I, I would sit in it and meditate in it, right? Yeah. Bring yeah. In the, bring in the energy, and it's in the garage. I so. love that. <laughs> So yeah, we're going over to your place all just to meditate and just get ourselves ready. Just like take a Carrie bunch of mushrooms that. and sit in this little Stuart, bag. Carrie be all over it. She'd be all over it. <laughs> all right, we're going to tune okay, in. Okay, we're going to have a little break. We'll be right. Dart break. Yeah, yeah, okay, perfect. We're going to have a little break. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll be right back. Okay, let's do this. Hello, we are back. Part two, episode six, Ancient Civilizations. What's up? Kelsey's back. Ryan's back. We just had our little uh, fresh air break to get rebooted. And I, I can't even quite remember where we... We left off. I know we were on Atlantis and we went back and forth to a bunch of different things. And But you mentioned something you wanted to mention before we... Yeah, I wanted to mention when we were talking about the Romans. Um, yeah. yeah. Balbac is this site in Turkey. And they built the Temple of Jupiter. So they've accredited, accredited the, the archaeologists have accredited the whole thing being built to the Romans. Right? The yeah. Roman Empire. But the foundation of the building is made up of these thousand ton stones. That are that go how deep? Well, so there's these three great big ones that are that are probably, I want to say between seventy and hundred feet long, by about sixteen feet high, by about the same depth. depth. Okay. Okay. So thousands and thousands. We're not using of pulleys and levers. No, you're not no, moving that. You're not moving it. No. I don't know how it was built. And this is, you know, this is up on a mountaintop too, right? This is. It's not like it's. It's right. It's not like we have a flat plain where I know they. You got some of these archaeologists saying, oh, they use ropes to tilt these big stones back and forth. So and the, walk them yeah, walk them. The, you're not oh, walking it to They're these, moving no, these no. big stones under the, like, um, all those. 
the little roly poly logs and pushing them in private. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how the. You're not going to move a thousand tons of snow in a You were trying to move your sorry. fridge on a, on a PVC pipe, it collapses. Come Do you on. Know how many people that's not happening. punch if I'm using that system? Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> no. So you got to wonder, though, is if the, if the foundation is uh, a lot older than the temple. Right. Is that was carbon the temple dated actually even? Well, you can't carbon date stone. Yeah, no, right. You can't. But you, you can't give the Romans credit for moving thousand ton stones. Right for the temple that sits on top of the foundation. Sure. With, with what horse and buggy? That's it. That's a, this is the like whole disconnect that I don't are you have. Gonna, are you going to paddle upstream up a mountain? With, with a yeah multi thousand. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so right. given all of that, that doesn't make sense in our current understanding of. Or even how we would be able to move these massive stones without. I don't even think we can. No, like now, we can with we? the big machines. I don't shoot. think those ones that there's a stone called the pregnant lady. It's still or the pregnant woman. It's still in the ground. It cracked and they didn't. Uh, they didn't get it. They still. I don't think. Even if they hooked up eleven of the heaviest cranes we had mm-hmm. right now, you might be able to lift it. You wouldn't be able to move it. Right. Okay. So then. Right. Um, given all of that information that we have, how do you think these stones were moved? What's your hypothesis well, or theory? So there's two. There's, uh, I mean, there's either the Anunnaki, right? Obviously, right. we got we to go there. Mm-hmm. Or it's the field, the energy. The energy and field. When I think there's even evidence of things today that if you project an energy or frequency onto something, it can levitate. Something like the Force, right? The Force. Right. Yes. So, we did it. That's the second time we mentioned Star Wars, Wars today. It's so fantastic. I love it. <laughs> it's, uh, it. Those are the only two logical explanations to me because I, I, I do believe that, the, you know, in the past, the people did have the ability to probably move things with their mind, whether it was through sound or vibration and frequency, right? So they would have had, you know, you see all these statues in in these Catholic churches, trumpet blowers in the Greeks, you know, they're pointing to the sky. Right. They're they're using sound, they're using frequency. Yeah, and usually art is very, uh, you know, copacetic with things that happen in that time, right? Art pieces are made after periods of time lots of these things and we were talking about it earlier um and i read in uh, david wilcox and uh george hancock's books where they talk about the areas of the dark ages which were strictly based on human survival so there was not much art or invention coming out of those times but then in the times of the planet warming like in ancient greece and ancient rome you think about all the architecture and the art and the geometry and the um, understanding of mathematics that was coming on during those times that was heightened consciousness for humans at that time mm-hmm. um, in these warm spells where they're not having to worry about whether they're going to have food or worry about the survival of an ice age potentially even they were just able to focus on um, the art of human and the creativity that people have inside of them when they're not completely worrying about survival Right. right? Yeah. And that's what that was uh, Rome in ancient times. When you look at all these structures, you can see that, that we weren't, we don't design buildings like these cathedrals nowadays. Right. Like, no, no, and no, this, no. Yeah. That, so quickly before I move to that, I just <laughs> wanted to say Plato says it rather matter, matter of factly that mm-hmm. there's five elements. Right. Okay. We've got, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? We've got earth, we've got wind, fire, yeah. water, and the ether. 
yeah. the ether. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's dark, matter of fact. The dark matter yeah. of it right? all. Yeah. Not the this ether is... that Johnny Depp does in Fear and Loathing. Ether. So you got to wonder what the ether, <laughs> if that's the electromagnetic energy. Right. right? Spirit. Um, Spirit. Soul. Energy. But, yeah, because, I mean, that's supposedly spread throughout the entire universe, whether it be They call vacuum. that the dark matter that they don't mm-hmm. understand water, how to yeah. mathematically understand or quantumly understand this dark matter, the ether, that, like, there is that element that we don't understand at this moment, but it surrounds every part of life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the thing for, for me now, too, like, moving forward into, into current day, or for the amount of years that I've been on the planet, becoming more a little bit enlightened or self-educated, or like we talked about that at lunch today, mm-hmm. where in the last five years I've really started to go down different paths of self or knowledge that I want to gain and, and it being so readily available. And, and I see that, and the, and the more things like ancient civilizations and going back and, and learning that these people were so much smarter than, than us and it had so much more dedication to certain things than us, and then correlating that with current time and what's happening in the in the world right now? We're so distracted nowadays with everything. And that thing, is, right? it always comes down to me with this mm-hmm. distraction. And and I I know for twenty years or thirty years of my life, I, I was very distracted with other things and programmed. And but back in the ancient times when they didn't have so much of that distraction, and part of that, the ether was how they saw life. And then you think about their mythology and their uh, lore and that ties in with ether and the spirit realm and all these different dimensions that they were aware of that we completely don't even conceptualize in our day-to-day basis. It's not that's even not, thought about that's it not anymore. readily available no, or no, an, no. an original thought. Not too many TikTok videos on uh, ancient No, but there is photographs of evidence of this, which is really cool. I don't know. That's what I love, yeah. So there's this Asian artist, I can't remember his name offhand, but he takes leaves, right, okay, mm-hmm. and he'll cut a piece of it off and take a photo with this certain lens that he yeah. has and, the aura and you can still see the aura for like a couple seconds the phantom afterwards. limb of yeah. it all right that's right so it's there yeah right? it i think it there. is still there i mean it's definitely still there and prevalent and i'm finding these things out more you and more you can see the aura of things too if you unfocus your yes. your eyesight um or even look more to your peripheral you can see auras and i can say right you yeah that's yeah, a great book you should have seen kelsey's aura last sunday when she walked around the corner was it was it beautiful oh, it, was be- it was beautiful <laughs> it, was be- it was vibrating for sure awesome. at a very high frequency of anger Oh. But I mean, it was there. Okay. Yeah. Last, <laughs> two no, Sundays last ago. Last week ago, two, two weeks Sundays ago, ago, I was I was uh, permeating with um, aggression and uh, frustration and anger, and I needed to release that energy. And but that was way. for me being able to like to to know this person and know her. She, I didn't. She didn't have to say anything. She didn't have to. It was yeah. everything came around the corner that I saw from her was uh, was her aura. Or and that proves it's still around because you know we as humans. Because we are energy. We yeah. Pick, we pick up each other's energy. Yeah. If you walk into a room, you can the feel yeah. the energy of a room. Like, say mm-hmm. an argument just happened in that room of two people. Oh, you know. You walk into it, Instantly. you're like, what Instantly. the fuck yeah. happened in yeah. here? No words said. No, no nothing. Said. No, just, no, no anything. You, that's you the know. ether. That's the energy. That's that's what's going on all around us. That's right. uh, our emotions. Like, I was talking to a cousin of mine this past weekend and I was talking to him about he's got a lot of anger and resentment over the last 10 years of a past relationship. And I'm like, you need to flow through that. You need to deal with it and let that go or else Mm -hmm. you're going to sit into it and you're going to feel heavy. 
Whereas if you've got those negative emotions that come through, they're natural to feel and they're natural to express and, and work through and acknowledge. But when you're done with it, instead of sitting on it and holding on to it, where your energy is going to start getting so condensed and heavy, pass it through, like, let it go, change your mind, go Go sing a song. Which where people don't have Go the time swim. to do that anymore, right? We're so indulged no, in this and then we, hold, we like and to all hold this, on to our resentments, right? right? Some right. people feel good not feeling good. In victimhood. Good, right? Yeah. No, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, I've definitely been through a stage of that in my I think life. we all have. Like, yeah. We all you know, know that. Yep. And we move on. And we get over it. And we realize that that holding on to that energy of, of things, of emotions, or even just I- ideas or past traumas that will weigh us down in a, in a not a physical sense of adding more weight onto you, but an energetic emotional sense of your aura, what you're holding on to these negative emotions. And I think that's a big part of healing yourself is understanding that energy is all around us and yeah. energy is emotions. Yeah. Energy is everything. The current, the current state of, of- of the world we live in now is to eliminate all those feelings and all those auras and not acknowledge you, it and not acknowledge it and keep you keep you repressed into just going and doing the stuff you you're know, supposed to be doing and following the narrative I saw and, a meme and, and the other day of like this human looking at an ape and it was like oh you stupid dumb creature and then it was yeah, like I, I posted one. it up I on my story yeah. Yeah. and then the ape says um, you're the only one that pays to live yeah, on this right. planet and basically we pay to eat sleep and breathe on this planet and all of that stuff yeah exactly and we're the smart ones <clears throat> what so I, I was saying earlier off air i guess i, I looked into this five-hour video that i was watching yeah the history of the lost flat earth or the lost history of the flat earth i know flat earth yeah 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 but anyways <laughs> there's more to it. There's five hours of stuff. It's not a. It doesn't have. They but don't talk about the five hours. You get stuck on that but, very uh, rudimentary level of. Earth's flat. Yeah. There's so much more depth of understanding. There's, yeah. There's more. It to brings you into more of a simulation yeah. topic. But anyway, go on. But you look into the stuff that that they're showing. This old photographic evidence of the 1800s and uh, you know early 1900s. The sacred geometry in some of these palaces that are being built and and the. the you see it in the landscape around it. You see it in the gardens, in the in the uh, palaces. You see these amazing feats of like just sacred geometry mm-hmm. all over these places. The Fibonacci and then, sequence. Well, there's that, and then there's just like perfect symmet- symmetrical, you know, um, octagons everywhere. There's different uh, like star shaped kind of things. It's beautiful. And then these they've got buildings. these water moats running around all these mm-hmm. things, and they've all been cut off. Nowadays, they're they're not these these waters aren't flowing anymore. So I'm wondering, you know, we had all this. It might, it seems like it would link to energy, okay? Like free energy being yep. sent out from these palaces with, you know, because they have all these great big spires and they have these towers and yeah, you know, like they say cathedrals. They have these massive halls and cathedrals. Energy. Like look at the organs in some of these old these old churches and buildings. Like these right. these might have been these sounds might have been sent out throughout the towns or villages or cities, wherever they were to help, you know, ease yeah. whatever was going the wrong, harmony, you know, just the to frequency. Make, make things better. Right? With the well, we made, it, we made a joke about that on one of the last podcasts about and now, free iPhones. Remember is that the aliens will have free iPhones and free energy and all that kind of stuff. And we kind of laughed yeah. about it. But if you go back into ancient civilizations and you see the, the aqueducts and the way that they made this energy flow, that even though it was a, it's that a was joke or whatever. That wasn't a greed of... All of this is mine. It's no. It was a higher state of consciousness and sharing and creating something that 
benefits Weren't the people that live the pyramids would be able to be built and structures like that. Able to be built. Imagine everybody, if everybody, everyone came together and went, hey, listen, yeah, we let's do all do this. this. We're going to have all this. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's all get together so and, now and we're do all that. Indiv- we're all told, you know, the individual, you know, we gotta, yeah, you, you work for yourself. It's kind of coming the other way, but in, I think going it's my friend take us in the wrong direction that we're all like okay let's go get our community and buy a big plot of land so we don't have to deal with this shit anymore Just, I think yeah, we've talked the, about that's that the too, counterculture by, yeah. of it all right and i know carter and you and i have talked about like carter and i have talked about you know the great reset we get we get into big conversations about the great reset and what it's happening mm-hmm. and we hope that and you know our hypothesis would be that you know people like us that are you know, more free thinking or, or artists or musicians or people that have a different state of consciousness are going to be the ones that come over, like overtake and reset. And that's that it back move to into the new the idea of, of the great awakening right. that people talk about, right? Instead There's of going into this separation. billionaire great reset yeah. of, of debt desecrating slaves. Debt, yeah, debt slaves versus yeah. people who want to work. And yeah, my goal and my thought Exactly. Is, so right? this is where I was kind of going with that is um, we had all this free energy and you remember we were talking about how there was the shift of the surface mud and like all over the world. Yeah, buried, we were talking like, about that off air, but yeah. uh, about the floods and the mud slides. Yeah, and all this but this stuff. would have been more recent, right? So, mm-hmm. right. like, they've got pictures of it in the 1800s where these streets and cities uh, you know, in uh, Europe are just covered in mud. Yeah, you know, there's, and there's, all these buildings are already built and right? built like, on top of them. And now they're you, you dig up some of these buildings that you know if it starts the second floor. But it seems like the first floor to us. But then when they've had to do repairs and dig out the foundations, you find there's a whole other floor there with windows, doors, stairs, and everything right. else. So somewhere along the line, when we came up with electricity back in the 1800s yeah. and then started charging people oil and gas and all this, yeah. that's when it all started costing us and to live on this planet. That's when the disconnect between greed and separation division came into power, money, and the instead of... Because before that, all you did was you paid your yeah. taxes, right, to the kingdom. Yeah. Right? Yep. Well, and you, that's you got your protection. Readily right. printing right? money yep. on hand, and that's when taxes yeah, made sense. exactly. Exactly. What do you want? I'm going to do your podcast. We are. We are. <laughs> We're just about open here at the hall, so we got people starting to come in and get ready for uh, opening on a Sunday afternoon. But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, and I know you and I, Ryan, have talked about, um, you know, this society and the way it's going, and we, we've had many conversations on the way to work about this this level of greed and, and, and the level of way the world is going. Just the, the narrative controlling, like just the stories they're pushing and the, and not being able to talk about it openly, you know? Yeah. And that's why we always wanted to start the podcast too, is to be able to have these open com- conversations about stuff and we can have it in the comfort of, of, you know, the box, you know, the front of your truck on the way to yeah, work absolutely. and, and no one judges and we all have the same ideas and, and, and we, we all come with different things. All of us go home and listen to something and bring a different, different view. Our views, somehow seem to line up maybe whether it's because we're intelligent well, enough maybe, you know, the, energy and, the universe has brought us together right I well mean, and that's the that's next thing I too is like i bumped into you randomly after a few years the next thing i'm working for you uh one of your employees is a kid i used to coach in hockey one, uh, one of your employees is a best friend you reconnected with who had a friend that he used to work with and, and our th- divine meeting too like kelsey and i even meeting because we're in the same industry okay you can kind of say because we're in the same industry right. and i went to a bar where she was working there okay we can say that but Truthfully and honestly, if, if that was just it, I would just order a beer from Kelsey and, well, and, that's the and just move on. Or I would just say hi to you and be like, hey, 
uh, I'll work for you. And, and you would have just went off and never sent me a message. But that's the theory of synchronicity that Carl Jung talks about, right? right? That everything is a sequence of divine kind of planning to a certain degree, but, and not a sense that everything in your life is planned, but you can go off on all these different timelines and dimensions by mm-hmm. um, making decisions in those moments that are brought to you divinely. Yeah, and we t- I touched on the book, The Tenth Insight, today at lunch, too, where mm-hmm. I said you can walk down the street and walk by 100 people and never even make eye contact, but mm-hmm. the 101th person you make eye contact with. And there's there's some kind of divine intervention And what in I followed with that was it. books come into your life when you are ready for them. Right. Um, that is kind or of conversations, or even Ryan bringing the books today and you bringing the books today, and some of them I've read and some of them I've never seen before. I'm like, oh, I want to get my hands on that. On yeah, that let's get into and, the books a little bit. bit. Yeah, so we brought a bunch of books that we're going to just kind of recommend first. to you. Yeah, Ryan's got some stuff here well i think some of them i think we might have to save for another time because you got a whole lot we could talk about on yeah or even just go over them and kind of give a brief synopsis of them and and maybe some of our listeners will will grab a read yeah i i would recommend reading now um if you're interested in gobekli tepe we have a book here called the cygnus key by andrew collins and he has actually been banned from entering Turkey now for what? for writing his books. He's and banned? Yeah, they, the government will not let him in. The archaeologist had him followed and kicked out when he brought a group on tour there. <laughs> that because um, it doesn't fit the narrative? Or it doesn't he, fit the narrative. He's coming up with his own theories, and he's getting more... Um, but it, when you say theories, are these more, theories backed up with evidence from everything that he's... I mean, the book is full of pictures yeah, and full, diagrams and everything diagrams, and stuff. Mathematics, and, and, and all it's his research, right? Scientific research. Yeah, so, and now he's been kicked out of the country because of his research and how he wants to complete his hypothesis on it. He's like, no, And it doesn't like, align no, with the archaeologists. So they won't, they won't right. let him on site or anything. So he was good friends with Klaus Schmidt, who yeah, originally started, The original architect of the site, uh, yeah. Digging the site, and since the new guy took over, I can't remember his name... Um, but yeah, he he didn't want to meet him. He didn't want to shake his hand when he went up to him. He wouldn't really talk to him. Really? Had him followed by two agents and then had, the, had them just... The the group was allowed to continue for that, that time, but yeah. he, was, he had to stay in his hotel. Like, he wasn't allowed to go on site anymore. Wow, just because... And of... then the Turkish government just said, no, you're, you're banned. You're not allowed to hear anymore. And, you get and off the plane, you're going to jail. And that's it? Yeah. Just for writing... Holy so he's getting a lot of publicity, right? He's got three or four books on the subject. Right. Um, All from his findings on site, and the archaeologist only his the only people who read his writings are this, the peer like peer reviews, right? Yeah. There are right. Other people in the universities, so that's it makes it that's job. a great so, read right there. Check that's, that out. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Collins. Andrew Collins. Yeah, check mm-hmm. that out. That's a great read. Uh, I already got book, me hooked already. That'll be that'll be the yeah, first read. This yeah. book uh, is called "The Mythical Origin of the Egyptian Temple." Now. I was really curious about the Temple of Edfu in Egypt uh, because uh, the videos I'd been watching and said the story of Egypt is in these temples on the walls. Right. right? So I thought, okay, I looked it up. I couldn't find anything. The, the only emojis thing I found of Egypt was a book that was printed in 1969 by E.A.E. Raymond. Yeah. And. It cost me three hundred dollars to have a shift here from England. This book it is cost full you of a lot of $300. information. Three hundred dollars. That's correct. That's yeah. amazing. What? And well worth it though. Huh? Well worth the well read. worth the read. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, they don't a... make it anymore at all. Then no, you can't buy a new version. In the of Manchester that. University Press. Okay. Oh, that's great. So that would be a cool one if you're into Egypt. I have this uh, Loeb Classic Library on Man- Manetho. So, so Manetho is like the official. His, like he's no, he was a Greek historian, and he 
basically wrote down all the history of Egypt. He was living in Egypt. And yeah. we don't actually have Manetho's own words in this book. Right. It is Egyptian the Bible. words of, uh, that's right here on one of the first pages here, uh, Josephus and the, Chris, and the uh, Christian chronographers that worked with him. So he, he basically talked about what Manetho was saying and then tried to to counter right, those with, with, oh, right because they're christian and they they, they want to disprove it's funny how things gotcha. go back to but in this book they actually mention the king's list and all of the names that go back to 30,000 years in egypt so would that awesome. kind of bring into some of the i know in ancient egypt and they had that the priestesses and a lot of mythological and spiritual aspects of like yeah, priestesses and goddesses and stuff, and these were actual people in their government. Does it bring up any of that kind of stuff? So it mostly talks about pre-dynasty when you get into the king's list. Okay. So Ra, you get yeah, uh, Osiris, Horus, all that, right? Nice. Yeah. So um, it's 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 a really interesting read, though, nonetheless, and it's not that long. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, this is nice, decent um, little size. I got one. I got two more books here. One yeah. is. Uh, one is the Enuma Elish. This is the creation story of the ancient Sumerians by Leonard W. King. Ooh. Ooh. So okay. this gives you the... Now, this was published in 1902. So that's, this is what they translated in the tablets they found right. in the, in the mid-1800s, right? Zachariah Sitchin has expanded on that a lot. The Babylonian version of story of creation. There you go. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean um, to take the words out no, of your mouth. No, go ahead. <laughs> but there's been a lot more tablets discovered, obviously, since this was first printed. There's a lot more information on now, but this will give you the basics of the creation of the Earth. Wow. Awesome. Okay. Wow. Through, through the scenario. That's a big one. If you the really... last one I think everyone should read is the oldest story in the world. It's called Gilgamesh. This yeah. Is, uh, this guy was a... Demigod, he was um, two-thirds human, one-third god. And he got that. So the way that happens is we've got three strains of DNA in our body. So we've got, right. about to bring we've got up arch negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about to bring up arch negative. And then we get into the mitochondrial DNA, in which yep. the vaccine is pumped into. Yeah. And attaches so, to. And attaches to. And then actually leaves and goes and spreads out through the rest of the body, now they're saying. So... <laughs> Yeah, but, but that's uh, fine. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. What's your I'm thought sure on fine. the O negative blood, that RH negative blood that they call that um, extra extraterrestrial blood? They say A and B are very native to this planet and can go back to the rhesus monkey, but the O negative or the RH negative blood has no signs of having any um, history or um, monkey gene like A B do. What is, what's your thought? They say it's an Darwin. extraterrestrial blood. And um, if you look into it a little bit more, they say that people with the um, O negative blood type, which I have myself. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No shit. Yeah, they I'm say they're positive. more, they're more psychically <laughs> advanced or a little bit more. Um, Are you pumping your own tires? Yeah, <laughs> fucking A, I am. Um, <laughs> I see ghosts and shit. Mess with me. Why not? Um, Why not? But. Um, they say that those those people are a little bit more extraterrestrial and come from something that um, weren't the Neanderthal evolution. And well, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, well, um, Missing Links, Greg Braden mentions uh, chromosome 2, which is one of the chromosomes in our body, okay? So this, is, uh, this chromosome in particular is in 8% of every cell we have in our body, okay? Mm -hmm. And it shows evidence of actually being spliced. Okay, it does, eh? Back together, yeah. You're right. 
Uh, so the only thing I could say for the O negative blood then was it'd be a different version of splicing. Yeah. Which it shows some... Purely speculation. But, I mean, it does show that there's something a little bit wonky going on that we have It haven't. does. And, I mean, I was talking to my grandparents about this, actually, this, just this weekend, that they used to test your blood types. I don't know if they still do, to see if you were eligible or able to have a child with a person. So, like, O negative blood types should not be having children with A or Bs. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Right? It used to be a regular thing to test to see if you were kind of set up to have children with the person your partner so mm. if you were dating an a or b you're like eh, sorry can't have kids you with know, you i don't even know the blood type carrie we've got a kid and she's just fine <laughs> i don't even <laughs> date yeah, yeah, c's it's interesting i have to look into that some more you're an idiot yeah i'm an idiot okay all right, sorry. Kelsey, what, what books do you uh, right. what books do you have? So here? the books that I kind of brought, and I mentioned this on the first episode that Keith and I had, I did mention that I was reading Graham Hancock's, and I referenced it a lot today. Yeah, Fingerprints of the Gods. This was written in 19, uh, 1995. He has quite a few books after that. You've been reading one of his newest ones. Yeah, I'm you? currently reading America Before the Key to the Earth's Lost Civilizations, which is Graham's newest book, um, which. Which is a lot of the newer research from 2017, you know, dating people back, which he, he's getting a little bit of flack dating them back 100,000 years, you know, 60,000 years, 70,000 years, as opposed to 11 and 12 or 16,000 years that we're supposed to believe or 4,000 years or 2,000 years, whatever the architects or the, you know, scientific journal says that we're supposed to believe. Uh, and and I'm, I'm just kind of into the book, but, um, you know, it's a brilliant new idea and brilliant new looks from, from research that's, that's out there and evident, um, pushing the boundaries of what we were supposed to believe. So, so far, it's a, it's a pretty great read. I'm a few chapters in. So the next um, book that I have, uh, one of the men who was responsible for a huge part of my awakening last year at the beginning of quarantine, I got into a lot of David Wilcock, um, he's on Ancient Aliens, and right. he has Cosmic Disclosure on Gaia. Um, he does a lot with Corey Good, and you and I spoke about mm -hmm. um, kind of having some feelings about Corey Good. I have some feelings about David Wilcock now. I think he's been given a lot of misinformation that he puts out as fact, and it kind of has completely decimated his character in the most recent months. Um, so I kind of, uh, I steer a little clear from him now, but a lot of his recent, or his past books are really magnificent in their knowledge. So mm -hmm. the one that I'm holding right now is called the source field investigations. It's one of his first ones. He had the, I think the source key afterwards or something along those lines. And then he has ancient mysteries, but I'm in the middle of reading this one right now. And it talks a lot about, um, the aspect of the pyramid that we talked, the pineal gland, the procession of, the planets, um, lucid dreaming, and yeah, pyramid powder or powder power. But <laughs> I just moved to the back of this and uh, I had something written in it. It's like in a quote. So you go down and forget everything you know and you have to relearn it all, all while society is actively trying to block you from remembering. And the next person or quote says, what the fuck? This Sims game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when I wrote this down. I must have been really high. Um, you wrote that down? Yeah, I wrote that down. 
the quote, the, the first quote was beautiful. I mean, that's completely what we're going yeah. through right now you in, go down in society. And everything you have to relearn it all while society actively tries to block you from remembering this right. fucking sim game sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that, that, you know, that can kind of bring us into our closing and kind of what this po- the whole podcast is about or what today is all about. It is, it's about doing research and it's about finding things that are brilliant and that we're on this planet and, and, and getting a little higher state of consciousness into, into things. And we're not saying any of this is fact. And, you know, Ryan's done lots of research and, and has read lots of books and they're all different books and different ideas. And we're not and I've coming done at you thing. like what we've learned is true blue fact and you should listen to God, everything. God, no, but it's said. just fun to do. But let our words open these doors to you for your own reasons. Yeah. Grab a book, read a book. It could be about anything, but. I mean, this is a really cool, these are footprints of our past and from a society and a civilization that probably went generations before we're allowed to believe and, and were, you know, the pioneers to move us to where we are now. And we could very well be fucking it all up right now. I mean, you just, well, we might be on our way to a big cataclysm that destroys our entire society, just like the Atlanteans in quote. Uh, because we are going into a way that is in not in tandem with our planet. But if the U.S. government hurries up and releases all the alien shit, we could be we could be killing it shortly. I mean, they'd be <laughs> no. landing strips and everything would be great. No, no, no. They're going to tell us that we should be scared of all these interdimensional. Nah, we're scared of everything. We're supposed to be scared of everything, aren't we? Supposed to be scared of everything? Yes. Oh yeah. Breathe. We're supposed air. to be afraid air. to breathe. Air can't be. Yeah, supposed to be afraid to be outside. And each other. Uh, and each other. Yeah. Yes, six, six we, feet apart. Am we're I currently scary, six guys? feet apart. Uh, you're a little bit scary, but that's because <laughs> of your O positive blood. That's not about it. Oh, neg. Oh, negative blood. I'm that right. universal blood type. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I and I think psychic um, is hell. Yeah, <laughs> and and all we've ever done is tr- try to encourage conversations mm-hmm. about anything with yeah. anyone. I mean, just on a uh, a human level of connection and and love and passion and mm-hmm. friendship, right? And th- those are beautiful things to be able to have conversations regardless of, of what they are. And we'll have these conversations every day on the way to yeah. work, probably these are all week. other side of the rail conversations, conversations that Keith and I have in the bar that we want to be able to show you guys or at least kind of encourage you guys to have more of these conversations that are a little bit out there, a little bit taboo. Again, we've said so many times you shouldn't talk about religion and uh, politics. politics. Well, another one one is probably our history. You don't necessarily want to talk about the history. Well, that's what I learned this week is, is the, the deeper that these people, actual scientists or actual archeologists or actual people that are trying to figure this out are, are demonized about talking about it and learning about it too in their own field. Well, let's look at, let's leave everybody with this one last thing to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take the Sphinx. Okay. So Menka, we didn't touch much on the Sphinx. Second uh, Pharaoh of Egypt, uh, Cheops' son, yeah, was a supposed builder of the second pyramid and the Sphinx. Okay, so this yeah. was in like 25, 25, 27 yeah. BC, right? Robert, Dr. Robert Schock, a geologist at the University of Boston, he's a tenured professor. Um, him and John Anthony West went there. Yeah, like John Anthony West called him up, said, "Hey, I need you to come over to Egypt. It's paid for. Come check this out. Let's just look at the, you know." The geography around the Sphinx, and yeah. tell me what you think. Yeah, and he says, open conversation. Yeah, so like we we're told, it's all wind that's eroded the Sphinx and all that, right? So yeah, oh, it's not though. You, I go, know you got Doctor Robert Shock, and he says, okay, so there is a ton of water erosion here. You can see it. Here's the evidence. All periods, the large periods of, of rain. Right, like, 
And the last time it rained enough for that was, you know, at least 5,000 BC because it's been, they've, you know, this is what they say 100% right. it's been an arid desert area for yeah. 5,000 years at least. So you take the Sphinx, now it's, it's, a, it's a lion body with a man head. Yeah. So the theory would be okay, so if originally maybe it was a lion head and it's been recarved because it looks like it's being recarved. Yes. Right? When it was built, would have either been, because of this, the procession of the equinox, it would have been looking at the Leo constellation when it was built, which would right. have been. I have a comment to say. 12,000 years ago or 26,000 years ago. Right, because of the procession of the planets right? and the way so, the, the Earth moves around the system. That's, that's something to look into to get you into it. Just to start. Okay, just to start. That's just that's something that's been proven as older than twenty five. Like this is it. Like the evidence is there. You can't deny that it's it was not built by Mankara. Staring at the right. constellation of Leo. Okay, and then if you want to get into a little bit more of a, I'm going to cringe at myself as I say some of this, but the star speed, star seed aspect of things, uh, the Lyrans from the the Leo and Vega constellation. Um, I've seen those fucking beings in my dreams, like the half human, half cat people. Like, apparently, I used to have a an imaginary friend as a child that all my cousins kind of roasted me for this weekend. It's like, oh no, no, no. we've seen that being oh, of yours, that cool. friend, that ghost of yours, like, and described. So I had a meditation about three weeks ago where I saw this being again in my old house when I was four years old talking to my cousin the other day and i was like yo did i ever have any like weird shit like that go on he literally described this cat being to me from head to toe of what it looked like and what i saw three weeks ago in my meditation like weird shit i'm not saying i'm hypothesizing or giving any sort of conclusion on that information but that's a little bit did you ayahuasca that day or no drugs (laughs) No, no drugs. drugs. Hey. Not at four years old. Right? That's another thing. Look into ayahuasca and see what that's all about. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're big advocates for mushrooms up in this bitch. Yeah. Um, uh, psychedelics. Graham Hancock does another book on psychedelics and how the he natural plant the medicine DCM of it all. Yeah. He's you do a night on mushrooms. Yeah, 12, 13 times. And he said, I remember him saying, he said he, he doesn't think that anyone in power or in government that hasn't done 12 sessions of ayahuasca should deserves be in power. the strength yeah, there, the power. Everybody who I've uh, like seen testimonies of that's done it is yeah. that it makes you a better person. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. one night on mushrooms, if you take a little bit more and blast off into your brain, it's better than like 10 years of fucking therapy. I swear to God. <laughs> swear to God. Don't um, do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we put the disclaimer in that these beliefs do not reflect any of the beliefs of Bracebridge Hall or myself or Michael or uh, anyone else in no, the building. No, you definitely believe this shit. But I do believe this shit. <laughs> so I, I guess we'll end up with, you know, Ryan, we'll just, end left, on Ryan just left you with a Timbit. Kelsey just turned McKenna. into a cat woman. Uh, so she left you with that. We left you with the book recommendations. We want to thank Ryan a lot for spending some of his time with us today and coming Thanks in here. Man, yeah, it was great. Yeah, this really. Is a yeah. little bit of an out there conversation, but again, uh, we're gonna have some more of these interesting conversations. Yeah, that are super fun. mainstream. There's so much more we can talk about. Oh, we could go on. We could go you on. You want to come back on some time? We'll yeah, come back on some time and we'll di- dive, dive into some of these books. Else. Yeah, we got. Yeah. But Keith and I have to start working soon. There's people. Yeah, the doors are open, and we're going to start working here (laughs) on a Sunday afternoon. So thanks again from the other side of the rail. We really appreciate you guys listening. Give us all the support. We'll have this posted on Wednesday on all our platforms. We'll update you through the week on uh, Instagram. But what's coming up next week? Hopefully, Mountainhead will be here next week. Really? uh, Yeah, I'm trying to arrange with them to get out here. 
So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, they got the recording done, and they're and they're looking to get out of town. And I, I'm trying to get them to do an acoustic set on the patio oh, that'd be sweet. on Saturday night, stay the night, and, and jam with us for the night, and uh, sit in here with us next Sunday. Have a little chat, sweet. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks again, Ryan, for Thank coming you very in. Much, Ryan. And from the other side of the rail, we'll see you next Sunday. Peace.